You know what? We all need help every once in a while. Um, and maybe you have something interfering with your own happiness. Maybe something's preventing you from achieving your goals. Well, guess what? BetterHelp is here. BetterHelp will assess your needs and match you with your own licensed professional therapist. You can start communicating in under 48 hours. It's not a crisis line. It's not self-help. It is professional counseling done securely online. Online. There's a broad range of uh, expertise available, which may not be available locally where you are right now. This service is available for clients worldwide. Just log into your account anytime, send a message to your counselor, you'll get a timely and thoughtful response, plus you can schedule a weekly video or phone session so you won't ever have to sit in the uncomfortable waiting room, as is with traditional therapy. BetterHelp is committed to facilitating great therapeutic matches so they make it easy and free to change counselors if needed. It's more affordable than traditional offline counseling and financial aid is available financial aid. BetterHelp wants you to start living a happier life today. I want you to start living a happier life today. Just go to their website www.betterhelp.com www.betterhelp.com. Um, better yet, visit betterhelp.com forward slash spike nine eleven. Betterhelp h e l p dot com spike nine eleven. Um, listeners. Get 10% off your first month. How about that? I'm going to get you 10% off, um, and you're going to start living a happier life. So go to betterhelp.com forward slash spike 911, and let's start the show. And now, Hangar 56 Media presents Spike's Car Radio, a downloadable cars and coffee, hosted by writer, comedian, and automotive enthusiast, Spike Ferriston. Now, here's Spike. Hey everybody, happy Wednesday. Here we are, Spike's Car Radio. Good to be with you on this uh, lovely day here in California. You'd never know, this deadly virus about to kill all of us. Um, Jeff Dunham, uh, ventriloquist, comedian, car collector, is going to be on the show in a little bit. Had a nice interview with him yesterday. He's got an interesting... Uh, collection of cars that uh, I don't think will surprise you. Very, It's a very much an expression of who he is as a comedian. He's got a new special on Comedy Central, too, you got to check out. Um, this is interesting news, Zuckerman. Uh, Spike's Car Radio has... Uh, we are now number one in the automotive category in five different places. Really? When do you hear this? Yeah. Five? Five As different countries, countries. Countries. Real countries. None of them are the United States. <laughs> Let me first just okay. tell you. There's a lot do, of other countries. We do so. really well in the United States, but we're not number one. I think Car Talk is always is always got us. Uh, give it to me. And what's depressing about that is Car Talk isn't really making shows anymore. What they do is they, I, I don't know, I think they took the old episodes and turned them into podcasts. So they're not even alive, I don't think. Maybe they are, the Car Talk guys, but that's a little depressing. All right, here we go. We are number one. Uh, and this came from Pod Status, um, my friend Carlos over there. I don't know how he got my email, but he sends me little missives about how well we're doing every once in a while. Okay, keep it to me. I'm this tired of waiting. Laugh. We are now the number one automotive podcast in Croatia. <laughs> <laughs> There's three people there. <laughs> and they all listen to us. We are also the number one automotive podcast, Spikes Car Radio, in Slovenia. Oh, well, we've got that region. <laughs> we're, doing, that? we're doing well in the Balkans. We're doing well in the Balkans? <laughs> yes. That's because of the Hungarian, maybe. Maybe because is that we, even nearby. I don't know. Kind much, of, you know, but they're not. They're not exactly. In the we're also number one in the automotive category in Iceland. Pretty cool. 
Okay. I hear people are beautiful there. I've never been. They have no melanin. They have no melanin? Yeah. They need to they need to be as white as possible to absorb what little sun happens there. Wow. To get the vitamin D. Ferris. Why are they listening to our show? Why is a good question. And, and <laughs> it's why not even they, in Icelandic. Wh- and why would they listen to us in, in Slovenia? Well, I understand that. No, oh, you I don't. do? No, not at all. In this next one, I really don't understand. We are the number one automotive podcast in Nepal. <laughs> Nepal. Okay. <laughs> do you remember that old movie, The Man Who Would Be King? <laughs> yeah. Okay, do you think if we go to Nepal... We're huge there. We're huge. Like, they'll recognize they us. They will. They'll, they'll, they'll fet us yes. in Nepal. There will be Plan Z shirts everywhere in Nepal when we go there. We will step off the plane like the crown with throngs of crowds cheering. Yes. <laughs> I can't you will imagine. be like Lady Di. <laughs> <laughs> I'll throw up all over you. <laughs> Throwing up all over them. And uh, we're also the number one uh, podcast in automotive in Guatemala. Which I like. I love Guatemala. I've traveled extensively I've through too. Guatemala. It's a beautiful country. This, okay, if we were to draw a conclusion. Yes. Apparently, <laughs> we're universal, Ferris. We yes, we're global. We're universal. We play everywhere. Hello to our friends in Croatia, Slovenia, Iceland, Nepal, Guatemala. How many, that's how many continents? I, I don't know. You're asking For, me a bunch of questions I don't know the answer to. Geography. I'm you're probably number on. one in Lois Slobovia. That's where, <laughs> that's where you're number one always. But that's, that was funny. That was entertaining to me. I would rather, in some ways, be the number one podcast in those places. I think it's funnier. It's funnier. It's of funnier. Course. Nepal, Iceland, and Guatemala. <laughs> Throwing throw a few Slavs. Okay. It's pretty good. Um, we got a good show for you, as I mentioned. Uh, lots to talk about. Um, geez, where do I want to start here? Why don't I start with Cars and Coffee, which you missed <clears throat> on uh, yeah. Sunday? Because I have, a, I have a, an instinct to survive, Ferris. That's right. You're a Unlike baby. Unlike you. Yes. You're, uh, you're afraid, little, scared little girl. Um, we had, uh, I think, what is going to be the last Malibu Cars and Coffee. Um, we had a bunch of great cars, 300 SL, um, a Gullwing right next to it, both in this beautiful light green metallic. Mm, Leno showed color. up in, uh, in something or other. I don't even know what it was. It looked like a Ford Galaxy. I uh, rode the motorcycle out. You know, I had ridden the motorcycle out, the R18, the week before, and I meant to mention this to you guys. Um, what are you doing? Not doing anything. Um, the, uh, the, does the audience know what you rode? Well, first, I want to talk about the R18 because, you know, Leno's there every week and we save him a spot. It's so much fun to have him there. And as you know, encyclopedic knowledge, he's like, hey, hey, Spike, you know that thing? He goes, it's really heavy. And I go, yeah, it's 800 pounds, 900 pounds. He goes, yeah, but it's got a reverse gear. Now, I didn't know this. Because, you know, and he was talking about how they never give you manuals with this stuff. I don't want the manuals. I don't want the speech. I never want the manual. I want to learn as I go. But here's a little bit of a hole that he fills in. I go, what are you talking about? And he shows me in the R18, you pop the thing in neutral, okay? Uh Then you reach down, your left hand down by the ground, and there's a little switch. And then you press the start button, and there's an electric reverse. It's the starter motor. It reverses you out. And so I was then able to pull in uh, front wheel first into my garage and then back up, up the driveway, out to the street. Could you imagine if you could, instead of using the starter motor, just use the motor motor to go backwards? (laughs) (laughs) That's what I thought was going to happen. But it just goes, yeah, 
and walks you back, not unlike one of those devices that pulls planes. You ever see those remote right, devices? It's that, called a tug. Yeah, the tug. Very slowly and very deliberately. Deliberately. It, uh, I, I loved it so much. And he was saying, you know, don't you want to read about this? Figure it out. I go, no, I love that you just told me that, that I was already enjoying the bike and seeing a problem and then finding out that BMW had already resolved it. It made me love the bike more. Can you do Seinfeld and Leno talking to each other? Can you can you pull that off right <laughs> hey, now? Hey, what's going on? Hey, Jerry, how's it going? Hey, Jerry, what are you driving these days? Oh, Volkswagen. Oh, I'm driving the Beatles around. I, uh, really into those 64 Beatles. They're really, yeah, why are you messing with that stuff, Jerry? <laughs> <laughs> I turned into Mickey Mouse there. Yeah. <laughs> I got but it little, wasn't bad. It wasn't that bad? It wasn't bad. You could actually, so could you, why don't you get... Two ventriloquist dummies. One. You want me to get dummies? Yeah, one like Jerry and one Jay. And then I can you do can, that. Yeah, I could definitely do that. I was making the kids laugh by doing Santa Claus this year <laughs> when he's coming to all the houses. Cookies milk. Ho, ho, ho. Merry <laughs> Christmas! Hey Santa, aren't you worried about COVID nineteen? He goes, Yes. Oh, hadn't thought about that actually. Well, we're going to skip those houses this year. <laughs> well, how do you know which houses have kids with COVID in it? Well, we have a testing system we've been using for the elves for years. You see, they they have a lot of communicable STDs, so we have a quick test that we've converted to COVID-19. But don't the kids deserve it, Santa? No! No, those kids are going to die anyway. <laughs> <laughs> oh, good, Ferris. This is what Erica walks into as I'm making breakfast for the kids, and they're, I'm trying to just entertain them in the morning so they have a good day of school. And she's like, well, you play, what? You just said STDs in front of a 10-year-old. Oh, Santa knows. The children don't know what an STD <laughs> is, Erica. They have no clue. <laughs> I don't know. I like to do things like that. When you throw a premise at me, I'm not I'm not that guy. But anyway, um after we the show had been going on and we had our full course, you know, we've got virus here like like mad all of a sudden, 5,000, 6,000 new cases and they're shutting us down again. In fact, when by the time you listen to this, we may already be shut down, fully shut down. Um the police showed up again. Really? And this is what this time I, more serious? This is what was so fun about this officer who showed up. One car, you know, we got 500 people there, and everybody's wearing masks, everybody's doing their best. We're just trying to have a good time. Um, but, you know, we also want to be safe. We understand. He goes through his P- PA, Zuckerman. This is what he says. He goes, hey, everybody, uh, uh, we've been asked to shut down this car show. Um I'm really sorry about that. I know you're just all here to have fun, but uh, the Los Angeles Board of Health and the Sheriff's Department have to ask you to please leave. And again, I'm really sorry. It was so polite and so effective. You remember the last time it was five, six cars, cops screaming at us. You're going to get arrested for trespassing, blah, blah, blah. This time, super polite. And, And guess what happened? People listened. Everybody listened. And everybody started taking off. And there was no panic. And, you know, he just drove back and forth. There were no threats. He just said, look, we all have to do our part. We're really sorry about this, but we can't have you congregating. Please get your coffee. And after that, please continue on. Isn't that nice? That's really nice. And uh, 
<clears throat> you know, we all left. And I left, too. I thought, well, that was nice. It was 10 o'clock, but I left. So I don't know the status of what's going to happen now um, and where we're at and what's going to continue this Sunday. I do know that I will have the McLaren Senna, which is getting dropped off really? on Friday. I dangled that under Matt Farah's nose, and when he was you- very jealous. He couldn't oh, cool. believe Make there was one. Jealous. I made him crazy, and I won't be telling him about the Bugatti Chiron that's coming Monday. Bugatti really? called me up. How many days do you have it? I have it for three hours. Oh, you better come here. It was a request. They're, you, they're bringing a, uh, a Bugatti uh, racer with me. We're going to get in the Chiron. Why don't you meet him we're here? We're going to race. Meet him here at the office. Why, because why, what am I? What? They why am I going to do Because that? they're right here. Why would I want to meet you? Okay, I want to see driving I'm in the your car. co-host, and the Bugatti <laughs> place is right next door. This is re- more. I want James is obsessed with the Bugatti. Oh, so your kid comes first before my me. kid comes first. But we are also going to drive the PCH, and we're going to drive to Bills and and do okay, a quick little interview. Thank you very if much. If I have time, no, don't don't throw me any scraps. I Forget will bring it. it by. Don't never mind. But yeah. I've got business to do. I've got business, and that took a long time to set up. Speaking of business, our sponsor this week is our old friend TLG Auto. Hit the music, Will. Marco. Uh, uh, TLG Auto is an independent Porsche service and restoration shop located in North Hollywood, California. Family owned and operated since 1978. Now in its second generation, starring Marco Girassi. Known as air-cooled Porsche specialists, but they also service and maintain Porsche cars up to and including the 992. Interested in uh, building long-term relationships with their clients, personalized service that is tailored to their clients and cars' needs, and the big one, of course, they arrange transportation of client vehicles to and from their house or storage for TLG to work on. They do everything. Oil changes, brake jobs, system diagnostics, and engine or transmission rebuilds. Go to their website, www.tlgauto.com, tlgauto.com. You can also talk to Marco and Instagram, tlg underscore auto, at tlg underscore auto. You just had them do a card. I'm going to give a testimonial. That's 73E and sepia brown that I got. He dialed it in, and he did such a great job. The car is off the hook. An E, which I've never driven before. For those of you who don't know, in 1973, mm-hmm. the 911 had three iterations. The T, which we've all driven, the base model, 160 horsepower. The S, which is the sporty model, and that's 190 horsepower. And then there's this oddball called the E at 165. Like, why would you do that? But it turns out that the E... Um, is really a wolf in sheep's clothing. It has MFI, like the S, mechanical fuel injection. This particular car has the S package, so it's got the spoiler and it's got the sway bars. And Marco tuned up the engine and the fuel injection. And I'm going to tell you, Ferriston, it's almost as fast as the RS. Wow. This car is remarkable. I, I love it. it. He did such a great job. So to anyone who's listening, Marco's a great guy. Does great work. Uh, be honest. Are people saying dog poop brown when they no. look at that car? In fact, it person, it's you. But you're, you're not all, talking to people yet, right? You're locked into a perception of the brown based upon your past experience as a young man when you were insecure and you had that color. And I wasn't it wasn't insecure. No, I'm saying. And, well, that's okay. But that's the outside, all right. That's all right. Did the outside world, have they said it? I'm curious. No, that, I was in New York. Now, New York is a more vocal 
feedback city. I had that car when I lived in New York, and I got constant feedback on it. No one has said that to you. You know what people have said? Yes. Universally, that is beautiful. Do you think they're lying? Why would they? <laughs> they, they don't owe me anything. I was at Bill's, and they come up. Do you want to know my theory? What is your theory? That brown became acceptable with the Carrera GT interior. Do you remember the silver Carrera GT That's that like had saying a brown became acceptable when guys with gray suits started wearing brown shoes 20 years no, ago? No. In a car, do you remember the moment the Carrera yes. GT came in and it had that beautiful like rich brown interior? It, it was and, called terracotta, my friend. No, that was the brighter orange one. There was a browner there was a browner okay. version of it, right? That's the moment where we started looking at brown and going you know, I, I, it's kind of okay. And I remember in the 60s, one of the Smothers Brothers Speedsters, right, was Root Beer Brown Metallic. Mm -hmm. Bill Cosby used to get his cars in the Brown Metallic, right? It kind of worked back then. Uh, you know, you and Cosby have a lot in common. Yes. And, and you and Weinstein. <laughs> 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 and you and Louie. Uh <laughs> <laughs> I was thinking about Louis the other day. I'm going to call him Bursting up. into the room. <laughs> Speaking of chucking off. All right. Come on. Please. Family show. It's a family show. Did you do show. your coloring book? What's that? Did you do your coloring book? Last week you said you were going to do a coloring book about cars. Oh, that's not going to come out till May. And I said yeah. you should do one of you chucking <clears throat> off. A All coloring right. book All of right. you Thank chucking you, off Thank you, Zuckerman. Thank you. One um, of my three fans commented. Fireball and I are going to do that. We did chat last week. It's going to be my favorite 20 Porsches, but it's um, it's months off. It's probably not going to be out till next summer. But and back, I may delay it till next year. Back to the subject of Brown, my friend. Yes. I, now, I, and, don't, and, and I don't look. I want to be clear. I like it. I think it's cool. I'm just saying when I drove a brown car, a lot of mostly women made fun of the color. Okay. Well, now in 2020, and it, it may be your very arcane, you know, reference to the Carrera GT, or it just may be general cycling. It may just be, I don't know what, changing time. But wherever I go in this car, people lose their minds. And it's the same for the bronze. They go screaming through the streets. Yes. Screaming. <laughs> ah, <laughs> look. Then, ah! And then they chuck themselves in front of the moving car. <laughs> and you run them over? In front of a bus, yes. And, but they love it. They love the brown, and they love the bronzet on the 635. Yes. I would take the brown before the bronzet, but I, but I like the bronzet. Yes. People are very I'm, accepting of this color scheme now, Ferrison. Yeah, because there's a richness to them. There's, uh, I don't know. For me, the entry point is that brown Mercedes you have. Yes. That's the one where you go, all right, brown is beautiful, and it's the it light. It really works in that car. Yeah. My experience in the CP Brown was 1989, 1991, maybe, somewhere that in there. That was the height of, let's get a black car, let a silver car. Color tastes change. They it just does. change. And, and remember, it's New York. New York is not a shy fucking city. They look at you, point at you, and go, hey, your hair color. Right, and they, but they like a suit. Oh, look at that black suit. It's sharp. Hey, baby. It's sharp. Oh, you look good in that gray yeah, suit. It's sharp. Porsche guy driving the baby poop around. Oh, yeah. way. That's New York. There's my New York impression. All right, let's talk about the motorcycle I did ride this week, Zuckerman, which I know you're against. And just like my mommy sends me, you send me pictures of people in motorcycle accidents to try to warn me off riding. What happened to that guy you sent me today? What was that deal? Uh, he was dead. 
That was a dead man? That was a dead... You, oh, you mean the guy laying on the ground, bleeding, not moving, and, we, and, and the series of shots of so him? So you sent uh, me a photo of a dead guy. As a warning, yes. As a warning for what? Pe- okay, this is what the- my mom did to me in the emergency room. Every day she'd come home with a warning. You know, one, and all, one and episode, I had to live in a bubble. One episode you tell me I'm like your dad, and then the next episode I'm like your mom. But this behavior is my mom's behavior. She well, would, you're engaging as in you risky know, behavior, Ferriston. I don't want to think about the dead guys when I'm riding okay. motorcycles. Don't think about it. What? Is that a client of yours? No. It's, but, you How know. did you get that picture? Picture, they're bound. They're out there in the world, Ferriston. There's lots of pictures of dead people that ride motorcycles. So that's just something you Googled. Maybe. <laughs> Maybe not. <laughs> what were the circumstances? I didn't like his helmet choice. Well, thought, as you can see, it didn't really work. It didn't, no. It didn't really and work. And what happened it, to him? He was in a he was in a motor vehicle accident with a, car a left hit him? turning vehicle. So a, a car turned in front of him. Car turned in front of him, and perhaps that's really common. He yes, he failed to appreciate the danger. Um, intersections, like Scuzz said, intersections are where you die, and I know it. What else did Scuzz say about when you went to the dance? <clears throat> tell Scuzz, that story. I'm not going to tell that story, Come on. but Scuzz, look, Come on. let's stay on subject. The intersection is where you'll die, and that illustrates the point. When I ride, I, I anticipate every intersection as this could be my last one. And if I see a car that's going to be making turns, I slow down a Scuzz, lot. Scuzz sounds like a man who had a lot of wisdom. Is he around? Scuzz, yeah, he is. But he had lost his brother to, in a motorcycle accident off-roading. So it was especially important to uh, listen to what Scuzz had to say. He was very... Uh, He'd been riding since a kid. He'd been racing motocross since a kid. And his uh, his brother was in an accident growing up, and it was a big deal in our hometown. So he still rode on the street, and I took that advice. And I it's it's the best advice I've ever had. He and as someone who's been riding since he was 12. I've been riding since I was 12. 12 years old. He also and I'm not you- afraid to say it. No accidents. No problems. Once I was racing with a goofball named Eli in Boston, and I uh, almost hit a telephone pole, but I was going way too fast on suburban streets, <laughs> and he, I missed the turn. He also and told, I ate shit on somebody's front lawn. Wow, and the, you're and lucky the dad you're came out. And he, he, he also wait, told. Wait a second, the dad, <laughs> have I ever told you this? I it was like a hard left. This kid Eli was trying to get me killed that day, and confessed as much later over drinks. We worked at the same restaurant. He goes, "I really tried to kill you today, and you didn't die." You know, going uphill, passing people on the left oh, oncoming God. traffic lane. But he went down a street he knew at about ninety and knew there was a hard left turn, and then anticipated and broke. And I couldn't even come close to making it. What and a I dick. ate shit right on this person's what front lawn. A dick. The guy runs out and he goes, "I'm so tired of you motorcycle guys." <laughs> like apparently it happened all. The- he must have been doing this to everybody. And I went, "I'm really sorry." And I picked up the bike. I was embarrassed and didn- then took off. But it was it was an eye opening moment for me. Hmm. Eye opening moment. Except you're still doing it. Yeah. And this time on the 2020 BMW S1000R R Zuckerman, 205 horsepower, 999cc inline four engine. This only weighs 105 <laughs> horsepower. I got on that bike. It couldn't weigh more than a few hundred pounds. 427. Okay, imagine this. A 1973 Carrera RS had 210 horsepower and weighed what? 2,100 pounds? Mm-hmm. Yep. 
This this bike is outrageously fun. It's uh, so different than the R18. I mean, half the weight, twice the horsepower, and it seats a little higher. Weirdly, the, it you know you've seen that little compact uh, size it has, mm. <clears throat> like my very first like motorcycle. But my you know it's it's hard for an older guy to get on that thing and ride it and not feel uh, you know a little like bit an of, older guy, like an yeah. older guy. But I found out it was mostly because I was just tense. I was tensing up too much. Yes, you were afraid. <clears throat> I was telling you uh, something. I rode it uh, out to Malibu, and Jay, Jay knew the bike, and he, you know, he said, I have one, and he rides it all the time. And once I started hearing that he was riding it, because he's like 86, I thought, <laughs> well, damn, if Jay can ride it, then I can ride it. And I had one of the most beautiful rides back in the sun. Yes, you're going really fast, Zuckerman, and it, it's just as fast as you can think, mm. but Boy, is it! You know what I did? I went back and went back and did the canyons. So I did a run. I did two runs out there. Then I went out to the canyons and blasted around to see what I could do in the canyons. Wow. <clears throat> Didn't push too hard. I know my limitations, but it was seventy-two degrees, sunny, and empty roads. <whistles> you know, think about that. Perfect. Right now, really this perfect. mess of a world we live in, and the bike just—you know—it's. I don't know. I I came from a time before these heated grips. So I had the heated grips on, but no gloves, and the bike's warm, and you're just flying down Cane and Dune with no traffic. You know, it's, it's other doom. world. It's so, you know, I've said it before. Sometimes I feel like I'm more of a motorcycle guy than a, than a car guy, and I was feeling it again in this bike. This bike, uh, let me tell you some stats about it. Ducati, uh, Panigale V4's competitor, Yamaza, Yamaha YZF-R1, Aprilia, Tuono. Everybody's telling me to drive Aprilia. Don't know anybody over there yet. Um, and Triumph is what everybody else is saying. It's just going to keep me on bikes too much. And the KTM 1290 Super Duke R. These are all the Super competitors. Duke. The Super Duke. Super Duke. You took a Super Duke this morning. This morning. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I know where you're going. Um, what else can I tell you about it? Um, it's got four different uh, driving modes, <laughs> which are quite God. interesting. Well, when I first got on it, uh, I didn't look down. It's got a beautiful display, by the way. One of the, one of the most beautiful displays uh, on a motorcycle yet that I've tested. Just big and there and colorful and beautiful. Um, it's got the M package, which as a BMW guy, I know you can appreciate. Wow. Um, in race mode, I let off the clutch and it almost shot across the street <laughs> and left me standing bow-legged. <laughs> That's how quick it went. So uh, I went down. It has a wet mode. Really? Yeah. It's detuned everything else and make sure you're not going to, you know, ABS. Die. Everything's adjusted. Uh, a road mode, dynamic mode, which is kind of the most fun. And then this race mode that then allows you different racing profiles that Holy you can go cow. into when you go to the track. And that's the headline for the bike, which is it's, a, it's an amazing bike for the road. And these bikes are mostly ridden on the road. But this is a bike that is, should, is, on, is a track car. So think about your most tracked GT3, right. track-ready GT3 RS. This is that motorcycle. And this engine is a V as opposed to a boxer? It's an inline four. In, oh, wow. Yeah. So <clears throat> it... When you get into those racing modes, you have the ability to adjust, you know, it's hilarious. You know, all stuff I, I can't quite comprehend how I would use. I've never taken a bike like this on a racetrack, nor do I want to. I don't want to do a slide like that. But you're adjusting, you know, wheelie control. You're adjusting ABS. You have all of these really cool uh, horsepower adjustments, how the throttle comes on. and You know what I mean? Just an endless amount of variability. Um, 
I still haven't. I, I got to buy a helmet with a Bluetooth because there, you can connect your helmet and everything. I haven't done any of that with any of the bikes because I feel, for me, I, I don't want to be distracted in mm. any way by music or lulled into a false sense of security. Absolutely. I drive with the attitude that you have about motorcycles, and that's what keeps me safe. That at any minute I'm gonna gonna die. I'm gonna get rear-ended or I'm gonna get hit in an intersection. So I'm on alert. Um, that said, this bike is fabulous. Fabulous. Again, I found another brand, BMW and Ducati. These two brands are resonating me with me like crazy. And these and the BMW bike, we'll have to get the R18 back because you have to ride it. It's the most suckerman a motorcycle I've ridden. It looks like you in the black shirt and the black boots and the black pants and the jeans. And it's it's fun and you feel like a duke on it. You feel like the duke. The Duke. It's good. It's nice. And it's, you know, you'll feel when you ride it, you'll feel the German engineering in it, which I appreciate in all of this stuff. But this BMW, God, this bike is outrageous. I don't know who's buying it. The BMW S1000RR. I'd imagine racing schools. What's the, what's the price point? Do you know? You know, they're about 20 and they go up a little higher when you start adding the different packages to it. But um, it's a showstopper. You know, people at the show are flipping out over it. You, know, you get waves in the neighborhood. It's funny, uh, you know, and again, take this with a grain of salt. I haven't been testing that many bikes, but this is the most waved at bike. You know that bullshit these other riders do when you're coming mm-hmm. the PCH the other way like, hey, right. hi. There was too much of that. <laughs> there do, was you a, wa- do you wave back or you're a I, dick? I, I don't want to take my hands off, but I give a little sometimes like, hey, what's going on? I always interpret that as, hey. You know, we all we all might die today, so I'm just going to wave to feel better, so I'm not so afraid, right? I, yeah. I don't know that we need to see the waves anymore. Um, I couldn't uh, also control my speed. I was I was moving pretty quick. Here here's something I left out. I thought <clears throat> at one point when I was riding by the sound of the engine that I was uh, that I needed to shift gears. All right. Right. It was just the thing was racing, right? And I look down. I'm doing about 78, 80, and I'm at 6,000 RPMs. Do you know where this fucker tops out? 9,000. 14,500. Come on. 14,500, Zuckerman. That's ridiculous. Yeah? You don't ever have to get out of second gear. And I was, you know, and again, back to Leno, chatting with him about it. I go, uh, have you seen this? He goes, yeah. He goes, good luck getting it to redline. And he was right. You get up over, you get up to 85 or 9, you go. You're moving. It's not even the moving, it's the sound. You're like, I can't push this thing any harder. And you're still not close. You're still not close. And I'm not lying. I got it. I got it up to nine five, and I was I was like, okay, that's it. Yeah, there's not enough road, and I'm in second gear. Okay, and there's not enough road, and I'm speeding, and it just doesn't. This is the department of of, these car, of BMW <laughs> that gets to go mental. This yeah. is where the engineers. Yeah can go mental they don't have to worry about crash standards and yes and, and steel and and pillars and bumpers none of that stuff now i've got the co- i've got the bike for another week or so i don't want to give it back just yet but uh i'm gonna try to get it up there but um it's a screamer it's it, it's it's a it's a it's a win it's a big win two big wins from bmw thank you guys for giving me those bikes um i can't recommend them uh, uh more but, you know, again, if you know more about bikes than I do, take it all with a grain of salt. I'm just saying as a, as a Porsche guy, I'm digging this stuff. Digging it. 
Yeah. Diggity dig dig. Dig. Here's a good story, Zuckerman, that was in the news. Tell me. Just caught my attention. Uh, VW bets on Porsche race car engineer to help overtake Tesla. That was the headline that caught my attention. Why? Why did they catch my attention, Zuckerman? Why, Ferris? You give me slanty eyes. Why? Because I feel like uh, Volkswagen and Porsche have electric cars, <laughs> right? Right. <laughs> but it also reminded me of a kind of Ford versus Ferrari story developing over at the Volkswagen Group. Mm-hmm. And let me read you the paragraph here. You keep itching your nuts. What's going on? I don't know. Do you have an issue? I don't know. Do we need to get you examined? No, I think that um, I can't really say what's going on down there. That's why I was examining. Was, you know what that, you need? I need I need, a, I need some of what, blue shoe? No, some manscaping ball spray and cleaner. They're yes, our sponsor. That, that must be it. I've got an intro. Ball wipes. You need ball wipes. Ball wipes. Yeah, they sent me some. I ball have them wipes. at my house. Yeah. But I, but I thought when I looked at the manscaping ball wipes, I thought, well, what am I going to do with this? But now I would have given no, you a ball I wipe. I think I did a little trimming and I may have nicked like a certain area. With your manscaper? Yes. I may have <laughs> mowed a little too close to the, to the soil. <laughs> anyway. I may have taken a divot. Swiggins. <laughs> Swiggins. I've got a divot on hole two. <laughs> hole two, you know, just below hole one. <laughs> Your taint, uh, I don't know where I'm going with that. <laughs> anyway, Alex, listen to this. This is Ford versus Ferrari in the making. Alexander Hitzinger. Oh, hello. Yeah, hello. <laughs> <laughs> A 49-year-old engineer who defected uh, to Apple after helping to develop Porsche's winning 919 race car has been lured back to Volkswagen Group for perhaps his biggest challenge yet, building an electric car to take on Tesla. They lured him back. But we already have electric cars in the platform, which is what kept me so they, reading I like the, on. But, what right? they're also saying is that perhaps the Apple vehicle did not take shape the way. I don't think it did. I think it was right. a, that, that whole project's over, right? That's why he's Well, back. Volkswagen, the world's largest automaker, has been rolling out electric vehicles from the ID3, which looked cool, compact to high-end Porsche Taycan. Analysts say it needs a more comprehensive system that integrates electric power with new self-driving and infotainment technologies if it hopes to overtake Tesla, which is part of that problem we were talking about with the Taycan, right? Right. The infotainment and the electrical issues going up there. Um, and it's turned to Hitzinger. What a great name. Hitzinger. Hitzinger. Welcome to Hitzinger 106. <laughs> <laughs> Not Hitler Zinger. Hit Zinger. Hit. Hitler. I was no, thinking of a little no, mustache no. with my finger. <laughs> Hitler Zinger. No. Um, he has an ability to conceptualize clean design. I, I don't know. The whole thing I just found pretty fascinating. Um, now, look. Hit Zinger now heads up Volkswagen's Project Artemis. Oh. <laughs> oh. I like when they come up with these cool names. Project Artemis. We will be invading the Soviet Union at <laughs> 0100 hours. Project Artemis. I like, uh, usually they keep these things quiet, but I like that they were this putting this out. This could all be part of, of just but making you, when they come singer. Up, when this they, might be part of his package, that they were going to have a big publicity thing and that they were really going to puff him up and stroke him. But. But what I'm saying is when a company like the Manhattan Project has a name for their project, they usually don't say what it is in a press release. It's a secret. Right. They don't because it defeats the purpose of renaming it. Just say we're doing what we're doing. You don't call it Project Artemis. Project Fartemis. <laughs> Named after the ancient Greek goddess of hunting. Farts. With the aim of chasing down electric Fart. car uh, pioneer Tesla. Um, 
let's I'll just read one more quote of what he says. At Porsche, I always thought of a vehicle as a comprehensive system. This is a very different, important point. It is what Tesla does well, he explained in the video interview. Project so, Artemis. <clears throat> I, these German designers always have such a kind... They have a way of, of just draining the excitement out of any statement they make. Despite or, how great the project is. Well, look, this is what makes uh, Volkswagen Group and Porsche so great is... Look, there have been some whispers about the issues with the Taycan going on, and they throw a lot of money at it, and they're going to make this right. Why they didn't do Project Artemis first, <laughs> I don't know. It seems like, you know, if I remember correctly, they were about, we're going to do it our way, right? And But, you know, score one for Elon Musk here. Now they're going, there's a lot that this guy got right, obviously, and maybe we should do it a little more like him. Your thoughts? I'm just caught up in the whole Project Artemis. I'm wondering, <laughs> like, what does Elon think? Like, is he thinking, I'm going to have Project whatever? I, I don't know. It's just weird, Ferriston. What's project, that? The Project Artemis. Who came up with that? Is that a motivational thing on the part? They're going to make this guy hit singer feel even better? They lured him back. You're going to be listen head Listen how of- cool all of it sounds. Hit singer and Project Artemis. I am going to predict right now it's going to be a massive success. Massive. What they're really saying is we're going to knock off the Tesla. <laughs> that's well, was really that the whole point of everything they were doing to begin yes, with? Yes, and that's okay. In any creative endeavor, we use take inspiration for what's already there, and we put a little of our own in it. That's the way it works. Do you think Elon's afraid? Do you think that Artemis the Hunter is going to come and get him? Have you seen quaking, that Tesla stock? He's, he's quaking <laughs> down in his burrowing hole somewhere. Have you seen that Tesla stock? Yes, I don't think he gives a fuck. Yeah. I don't think he cares. I don't think he, I think he says, right on, have at it. Well, we're going to need a lot of electric cars. So it doesn't, it doesn't quite matter. You will. I won't. You're not going to drive one? No, I'll be dead. I may have to drive one, Zuckerman, because I, um, and again, if, if anybody out there works for Land Rover, DM me, will you? I have a couple of questions. One, how do we get Land Rover to restore my 71 Series 2A? I'd like to do that. Send it overseas and make it new. That would be great publicity for them. They should absolutely cool, right? jump on the chance to do that <clears throat> for you for free. I love my truck a lot, and I even hesitate to change it back from its crazy life that it's lived. But as I head into Old Manville, the idea of having a you know something restored by Land Rover, one of my favorite companies, done to the way it was when for it first free. started. For free. For free. <laughs> I kick in some money for that. Couple bucks. <clears throat> but um, I went on a, I was on a walk this morning, Zuckerman, and I saw such a beautiful old series. It was a 63 Series 1, I believe. British, so British, mm. it was kind of more British than the crown, mm. more British than... Uh, Die puking. Yes, more British than her puking. And um, But it was, you know, it had originality and preservation, and mine doesn't. The galvanized steel on the sides and everything else. I, and the white wheel. I, I want to I go back to the way it was and get an engine that really feels good. Because I know it's going to happen to me. I'm, I'm about to hit 100,000 miles, and it's going to just drop dead, that thing. And then it's the captain's head. But that's one thing. So get back to me on the classic department at Land Rover. Second, um, as you know, I have a Defender on order, right, that I was very excited about, that Dean told me it's coming uh, end of October, beginning of November. Here we are now. There is no Land Rover, and I am understandable. I'm, it's understandable that uh, the, the pandemic and everything else has slowed things down. Now, Dean I have is our car salesman friend who continues to 
disappoint. Yeah, he disappoints we love us. Him, but don't disappoint us. Right. Team. He sold our GT2 RS. And where's the money? We don't have the money. Weeks. We're dealing with that. Okay. Yeah, they get the car. The customer is the car. <laughs> how long ago? Well, how long ago? A month ago. ago. A month ago. A month ago. And, and somehow say, we don't have the money. We don't have the money. And Dean says that they didn't get paid yet. How's that possible? How do they give our car to some other guy without getting paid? Yes. Still, he's not as disreputable as Zagato, and we'll get into that yes. <laughs> a little later Those on. Those thieves. Or as they say in, in Italian, ladroni. <laughs> ladroni. Ladroni. Yeah. Plural. We have to talk about uh, what we're going to do about that, by the way. Anyway, um, what I was going to say is I just found out that the car will be coming hopefully at the end of December, but they've run out of the Explorer packs, which is the only thing I wanted. All the stuff. The roof rack and the air intake and, and the, you know. And the ladder and all of The ladder. I think I, I think they have ladders. They just don't have the Explorer pack. So, anyway, this same guy who's helping us at Land Rover, would you make sure that my car gets an Explorer pack? Can I be that one car that doesn't have to wait until whenever, the spring or the summer? What they plan to do, I was told, this may not be true, but I was told, you get the car and then later you bring it to the dealer and they sure. put... Sure. Didn't they anticipate you imagine that they two were going to have a hit? Didn't they know they were going to have a car in their hands that people wanted? I think wanted? they could not have predicted how many people wanted the uh, Explorer pack. And I also have to give them the benefit of the doubt that there's a pa- global pandemic, Zuckerman, and everybody's having trouble making stuff at this point. But one Explorer pack is not much to ask and a free restoration of my Series 2. Free. <laughs> free. Free. Um, let's get to our guest, Jeff Dunham. Jeff Dunham, I think, first uh, was on my radar when I was at Supercar Sunday uh, years ago in Woodland Hills, and someone drove up in an amphibicar. I said, "Wow!" I had just driven one at uh, in in Car Matchmaker on the lake, and I was kind of obsessed with him. And and lo and behold, it was Jeff Dunham. Um, Jeff Dunham is, you know, if you're in comedy like me, you know him as the guy, uh, the ventriloquist, uh, the guy who works uh, family friendly ventriloquist comedy, which I respect. He's a lot like Leno. He includes everybody. He's got a new special that's on uh, Comedy Central. There's no politics in it. It's just family fun. You can sit the kids down and uh, you know have an hour or two of comedy. He wrote this thing, Zuckerman, and recorded it uh, in Malibu. He just said he just the idea came together. He put together a writer's room. He, uh, there was some uh, what is it? Casamigos Ranch, I think he said. Calamigos. Calamigos. Okay. And he, you know, socially distanced everybody. It was outdoors when it was still warm and recorded it over a couple of nights and got it done. Impressive. Very. Very impressive guy. Very. Not, I had not met him, but, you know, I love his love when he, you can't see it, but where he's sitting, um, we're doing a Zoom. I'm in my office. He's in his. his uh, he's got bookshelves behind him with robots and little Batman and little and all tchotchke toys, you know. That Our just, kind of guy. Yeah, you know, that reminds you of when you were 12 years old. <clears throat> um, you know, that moment when you, uh, you hear that Adam West is doing a Batman show and you lose your mind as a kid. He's still living in that moment. In fact, he owns two and a half uh, Batmobiles. He did a Plan Z on a Batmobile? Nope. Well, I'll get to that in this interview. Here's my interview with Jeff Dunham. 
I was excited to hear you wanted to come on here. I've, I've been a fan for a while. I have followed your uh, your car buying and your car collection. You're you're really the perfect guest for Spike's Car Radio because you you're that Leno, you're that Seinfeld, you're that Adam Carolla guy who has one foot in the entertainment world and one foot in the car world, firmly planted. <laughs> yeah, but uh, unfortunately, um, uh, I, I think I'm a little different than those guys because I, I think my tastes are slightly different because I, I approach this whole thing differently than any one of those guys. You definitely do. Well, first, you're here to promote your uh, new comedy special, Jeff Dunham's completely unrehearsed last-minute pandemic holiday special. Um, yeah. It's on uh, Comedy Central right now, right? We can uh, well, watch it on that, demand yeah, there? They, the, the premiere was uh, a last few days week. ago, yep. and uh, now they've gone through the encores, and I guess they're waiting for the ratings to see how many times or when they're going to repeat it, if they're going to repeat it. But people can get it on video on video on demand now yeah, on vi- Comedy Central's website. Exactly. Let's talk about that first, because, uh, you know, I, as you know, I'm in entertainment as well and have a production company, and it's so hard to get anything made. Um, as the title kind of explains here, uh, this was a last-minute pandemic holiday special. How did you pull this off? Well, I was sitting around, you know, for a month like everybody, and what finally got me off the couch is I'm sitting there yeah, wanting something to do, and I had nowhere to go. I go from, you know, these arena shows of 10,000 people to now suddenly zero, and I had never taken off any time in the all these years of performing. Uh, we've been doing the arenas now for 11 or 12 years, and I never took more than a couple of weeks off. I took one month off, one time when Audrey and I got married seven, eight years ago. And uh, that was it. And also, I figured out that I don't think I'd gone more than two weeks since the fifth grade without performing. <laughs> so this was just, this blindsided me like I couldn't believe. Um, but did you feel like most of us, I, I saw, I don't know who this girl is, but she wrote something so funny on Twitter. Um Two months into the pandemic, she said, when this whole thing's over, I'm finally going to write that great novel. And it really made me laugh, and it really kind of touched a chord with me. Like, you know, <laughs> I, I was not using this time for something productive. I am now. I'm, I'm writing a film. Um, but right. it took me five months of just laying around <laughs> to, to actually get motivated to do something. Were you like that, or were right away did you get to no, work No, we this? were. I was getting stuff done, because I have a YouTube channel, and we do really well. And I was making, you know, enough money to, uh, you know, keep the lights on and keep it interesting. So, right. um, you know, for YouTube and Facebook and, and, and all that. But there's a, There's enough money in YouTube? <laughs> I thought YouTube took all the money. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> but um, you're not going to answer that question. <laughs> I, you know, they, they, they keep changing the they keep changing the playing field on on yeah. a little bit. It's, it's kind of hard to keep up. You yeah, know, I, yeah. I, I I don't know. I got another guy or two that handles all that, and I just come up with you the just, content. You make they, the content. They well, I was re- I was reading a stat about you that I did not know that you. Forbes has you ranked behind Seinfeld and Chris Rock as one of the highest earning comics. Is that is that still true? I mean, do you resent Seinfeld for that? Feel free, be honest. <laughs> <laughs> because what you do is so much more important. <laughs> I'm sure they love the puppet guy nipping at their heels. I'm sure they love that. Well, you're playing arenas. That's massive. I mean, that's a massive revenue stream. Or I mean, I, I could I, do 
or I could do what Seinfeld does and raise my ticket price to $130 a people and, and do it <laughs> to, to a 2000 seat house. Easy. You know, it's just, yeah. it's you're either, you're eating, you're either eating at Ruth Chris Steakhouse or you're eating at Burger King. You decide. <laughs> so, so yeah, it, it's, you know, I go on the road just to hang with Jerry and watch him do his shows. It is the greatest weekend Especially since I don't have to do anything, I'm just there to hang out and eat steaks and go to movies and laugh with the with the gang. You do you right. love being on the road like that? Do you bring buddies with you? No, I don't take anyone. I really don't. I have I, I keep all the money myself. Damn it! So <laughs> yeah, we have two two tour buses. One of them is mine. The other is the crew. I have a crew of twelve guys. Yep. Uh, we have two uh, big rigs that carry all our staging and lights and sound wow. and uh, all that. And then we have a merchandise truck. So, you know, it's a small little rock and roll show. Yeah and, yeah. and I love it. And I really don't hang. And the reason I don't hang is because I can't. With my show being two hours and it's me constantly talking and doing voices, I have to treat it like a, a professional singer and that I go, uh, I have to do complete vocal rest. And so I'll go 21 hours without saying a word to a soul. I don't talk on the phone. I don't see anybody. I literally sit on my tour bus for for. You know, I'll do a show, get on the tour bus, and uh, we'll drive to the next one. I stay there until I come out the door to set up for the next show in whatever city we're in. So I don't see the cities, I don't see people, I don't do anything, and that's all because of the voice. So, point to that. So, so let me ask you this then: Does the is it that hard to do these voices? You know, is it? No, is no, it, no. But it's just like if if you were doing, you know, literally doing. Uh, uh, not push-ups, not that hard. But if you were doing some physical motion for two and a half hours, two to two and a half hours a day, yeah. you'd have to stop doing that physical motion because the voice isn't exactly a muscle, but it's kind of like it. But it has to rest just like a muscle to to reinvigorate, to redevelop. And and if uh, you don't let it rest, I'll, I'll you know because I do five shows in a row, twice a month. So I'll do ten shows a month. And uh, so that's five nights in a row of talking for two hours, and that's that's a little taxing. And, and which is you know like the high note on a song. Well, what what character is the hardest for you to do? What is the one where you worry my voice might break? Well, I used to worry about um, Ahmed because he screams a lot, and it's a rough uh, it's a rough voice. But um, there uh, singers like rock and roll singers that scream. Like yeah. really scream. It sounds like they're tearing up their voice. If they've had enough vo- vocal coaching and they know what they're doing, you can scream like that. Actually, not there's a technique to screaming like that and not ruining your voice. So I've kind of figured that out. So that used to be the one, but uh, it's any new voice that I haven't really practiced and developed that 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 gets to me. But I don't, you know, I, I I've gotten used to it by now. Did you other impressions, impressions of just, uh, you know, other notable people that aren't actually characters from your show? Are you no, like I don't a, do impressions. I don't do impressions just, at all. No, that's funny. <laughs> yeah. I just create characters. Yep. That's but it. I won't have you. You never tried an impression of anybody. You never went. All right. Let me try Jimmy Stewart. <laughs> now, the, the, now, the dummies like Peanut will do impression of other uh, uh-huh. other cartoon characters like he does a pretty good. You know, uh, it's all uh, Frank Oz and, and Jim Henson voices. So he yep. can do a pretty good Gonzo. He can do a pretty good Fozzie the Bear or Miss Piggy or uh, Yoda. Uh, I, seem to, I seem to be in a, a similar range as Frank Oz. So I can do most of his voices. And those are all his. Miss Piggy, Yoda, Grover. 
those kind of things. <laughs> Got it. All right. Well, let's get back to this special, completely unrehearsed, last-minute pandemic holiday special that you guys can watch on demand, Comedy Central. Just tell me how you did this. How did you pull it off? Yeah, I, I assume you can get your writers together and you can, uh, like, via Zoom, uh, maybe. Well, put- I, you say my writers. I don't have my writers. So, but what? Here, let me tell you, it happened though. So yeah, I'm go sitting ahead. at home. I'm sitting at home with my twin boys who are five years old and my wife, and this is when I knew I had to go do something. And we're sitting at the table. It's been months since I've done a show. I pulled out a chip clip, and I started making it talk for the boys, and they were <laughs> on the floor howling with laughter. They thought I was a comedic genius. I'm like, I, I got to get out of here and do something. <laughs> so I looked at other comics doing specials, and I thought, you know, I think I can do this and maybe do it a little better. So – I did call uh, six writers. I, I, won't, I won't call them my writers. I would say they were, uh, you know, some really good writers, uh, some that I'd used before and others that were brand new to me. And I said, here are the subjects. We're going to leave politics out. I don't want to talk about politics. If you're not sick of politics right now, there's something wrong with you. Um, and plus, I, you know, I wanted this to be for as many people as possible. And I didn't want to polarize the show. So no politics. I wanted to be it more family friendly than any show I've ever done because I watched on TV and what was what was killing it in the ratings. It was like Disney sing-alongs. So I realized there's people, there's families sitting at home wanting something to do. So I wanted it palatable for just about everybody. So I created, I said, make jokes that are PG, easy PG. And uh, so they did. I didn't. They didn't talk to each other. I didn't. They didn't compare notes. I said, here's the subject matter. They wrote a bunch of jokes on the subjects. Then I sat around in my office for two and a half weeks, cobbling all this stuff together, rewriting the jokes to make them fit whichever character I thought they went best with and the subject matter. And then, and again, this was, it's, it's been over a little over two months since I even thought this thing up and it premiered, you know, three days ago. So, uh, as of the tape, as of taping right now, um, and, what was crazy was I didn't try a joke out on anybody. I didn't try them out on my wife. I didn't tell them to my buddies, nobody. So the first time I utter any of those jokes out loud to any human being on the planet is when I do them live on stage that night, which is kind of nuts. And if you know, yeah, uh, yeah. you know, if you know comedians that well, Spike, you know, that's kind of nuts. You don't do it. Yeah. <laughs> you want to be up, you know, yeah. three or four times at least trying these at things least. in front of real people. At least. Yeah, this is my, it's my 10th special. And the other nine, I would spend at least a year doing 120 shows uh, perfecting this stuff. Now, how, did you bring an audience in? How did you handle that piece of this? Oh, yeah. We went out to uh, Malibu up in the canyons there at Calamigos <laughs> Ranch. And they have a beautiful <laughs> facility there outdoors. They have a restaurant there. It's just great. But we're outdoors yeah. and they set it up. We had the, I had the, I designed uh, the set or, or described it to my set designer. Or set Not my set designer. A set designer I've used many, many times. And he's awesome. His name is Bruce Ryan. And uh, he put it on paper. They built the set very quickly. Um, and uh, uh, beautiful job. And, again, it was outside. Uh, we put it on my social media. First hundred people to sign up. Boom, you're in. A waiting list of thousands after that. And uh, we shot twice. It was actually 200 people. We shot two different nights. Wow. And uh, all socially distanced, sitting around at cocktail tables, no more than four to a table. Everybody had on a mask. So we did it correctly, and uh, nobody got sick. I thought it was funny. Comedy Central didn't want to announce the special until two weeks after we taped it because they wanted to make sure we weren't some kind of super, <laughs> super spreader event. Well, you laugh, and I get it. No, and, that's you know, smart. Then I thought, well, what if we were a super spreader event? What if a bunch of people didn't get sick? What are they going to do, like can the special? 
So, you know, I well, how would they know? I mean, I don't know how they would trace it back to your thing. I mean, oh, I guess... oh, it would get out if 30 people from the special or yeah. 20 people from the yeah. special came down with something, it would get out. It'd come back yeah. to it. Yeah, I guess. I, I mean, I always brace. We have a little cars and coffee that's not so little on Sundays at the Malibu Country Mart. And every week I worry that there's going to be some sort of uh, super spreader event. Yeah, oh, my wife and, and kids and I went there, uh, I guess it was just before the pandemic. It was the only time I'd ever been there. It was, yeah. I couldn't believe how many people were there. Yeah, yeah, no, it's so fun. And, you know, we're working on getting everybody to wear the mask. Most people do now, but um, I think now that they've tightened things up, the police are going to uh, keep pushing us away and sweeping us out. Well, let's talk, let's talk cars for a minute, because, uh, you know, let me... Uh, <laughs> I, let me. I think the first time I came across you in a car, where I even knew you were a collector, was maybe at uh, Supercar Sunday in the Valley, right. and you were in an amphibious vehicle. <laughs> Do you have an an amphibious car? Yeah, the Amphicar. Yeah, the Amphicar, which I've driven before. I drove that on Car Matchmaker, and I absolutely loved. Um, and I think it was right around the time. It's like, oh, who's that? And it's like, oh, that's just Jeff Dunham. He's got one. I'm like, wow. Yeah. What made you buy that car? Because I'm guessing, you know, the listeners can't see you right now, but you're sitting at a desk and behind you, there are all sorts of figurines, ventriloquist dummy, a Batman, a Frankenstein, a robot. <laughs> up on, yeah, there's, yeah, there's lots of toys. Right. Uh, your collection to me is like a bunch of toys, right? And and yeah, but but you know you got to say go ahead. everybody, you know, there, there's there's car guys that make fun of me and they'll mention the Pacer and the Pinto Cruising Wagon. And then they don't really look closely at the collection. Yeah, yeah. And I have some amazing cars. I mean, the fact that I got on the list and was able to uh, you know, to get some of these things is amazing. The Ford GT, the latest Ford GT, um it's to me one of the highlights of the collection and i, I had a, a custom purple made one of one uh now why did bright. you choose purple eh, because it's just been kind of a, a, a it's been my favorite color since i was a kid but also peanut my main character one of my main characters is purple and i wanted it to be kind of an unusual <laughs> color i didn't want to you know I don't, I don't like having the exact same thing everybody does and i realize there's a small number of, of four gts out there but i wanted something unique i didn't want something out of it damn catalog yeah of course let me you know the the amphibicar was a fascinating drive for me because there was such an interesting moment when you're driving the car on the sand and it hits the water for the first time i was actually frightened that i was going to go in and then sink <clears throat> and then it it goes do you where do you use that here in Los Angeles? Well, like, did you have the actual the actual Amphicar from the sixties? And uh, yeah, right no, it was really yeah, a legit Amphicar. Right. Um, I thought Matt Farah, who's another uh, car podcaster, and I wanted to race them to Catalina, but we were cautioned that Ooh. salt water might be an issue. Salt water being an issue and waves are an issue because any little wave, <laughs> I, I'm not kidding. Any little wave that goes over the bow, it, if it starts to fill up the uh, the pump. <laughs> The pump will not uh, That's it. fast enough, and you will sink. So that has to be a disposable Amphicar race for me and Matt. Yeah. Well, Leno and I raced. <laughs> Leno and I raced them on Lake Castaic. You did. Yeah, and for somehow we didn't know this. Mine was mine, and he borrowed one from my buddies, and we thought they were exact same motor or whatever. But somehow mine had way 
way more horsepower. Oh, it I did. Beat the, living, beat the living crap. Wow, out. that's yeah. good to know. That's you know Jay's out every Sunday. He's bringing cars out there. I didn't know. Uh, he, he leave it to Jay. He's always beating everybody to the punch with all this stuff. Well, I'm looking at some of your cars right here. You own a couple of Batmobiles. Here. Yeah, and and actually, kind of two and a half. So the the first one. Uh, is the 66, and that is a really nice replica of the Adam yeah. West Batmobile. It's actually on display right now at the Peterson. I've seen and, it. Um, Who made uh, that? Uh, there's, there's a, uh, there's a. It's, it went through a few builders. You really can't, you can't appropriately put a name on it because it right. went through three different guys. When you make so a car like that. Like how do you make sure it's accurate? Like, you know, is it someone looking at original drawings or do they actually have the real car? And Well, this particular one was one of the ones that Bob Butts, uh, he made uh, the, the actual fiberglass were from the molds of the original Batmobile. Wow. So that's why this one is accurate. And the guys, that, the fiberglass freaks, those guys that build those are really good. But apparently, uh, this one uh, is accurate because it's straight from the mold of, of the original Batmobile. And what do you put in for an engine? Uh, <laughs> you know what? This thing was made before I built it, and it's just a crate motor. I, I can't remember. I, I honestly don't remember what it is. You know, ask me about the Keaton Batmobile, and that one I'll tell you everything. I'm looking at but that one. But this one, one I right bought now. from a, <clears throat> I bought this from a guy who went through the pains of having it built, and. <laughs> I, I'm not kidding because it went through three different guys. It was a nightmare, and uh, but all the gizmos work on it. It has everything. Wow. It shoots fire out the back. Um, <laughs> it's amazing uh, it, looking. And is it registered? Yeah. Road registered? Oh, absolutely. Yeah, street legal. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> oh, and it's it's fun to drive. Your kids must. Was, how old are your boys? How old are your boys? They're five, and we did. We shot a, uh, a every every Halloween. We shoot a picture. And uh, with we're all dressed as something, and I think it was two years ago when they were three, we had them dressed up as both of them as Batman. I was Robin, my wife was uh, <laughs> Wonder Woman, and uh, we were we were all together. They but, they must just be like what? I guess this is just what cars dads have, right? They all have two Batmobiles laying around. They must be so excited to to see this in the garage. Well, my daughters, when my when my I have three grown daughters now, when when they were little, I guess it'll be the same thing. But when they were little. They would go. This happened to my youngest daughter, Kenna. She went. She was probably like four years old. She's walking around in her friend's house and going, "Where are your daddy's dolls? <laughs> <laughs> Where's his Batmobile?" Right. So I'm looking. You've got so, a you've got a Barracuda here in purple. Yeah, hang on. I got to tell you about the Keaton one. Oh yeah, so go ahead. Go Bat, go. The, the Keaton Batmobile. Now this one is the legit uh, licensed by Warner Brothers as being uh, one of the. Uh, ones they used uh, in Batman Returns, and it, it has to be one that they used in post production, like maybe some pickup shots or or uh, or, or whatever. Um, but it's got all the papers, all the pedigree with it. Wow! And this one I got, and it was a hunk of junk. Uh, it was some kind of terrible crate motor inside it, and uh, uh, we put an LS7 uh, Corvette motor in it, and put air conditioning in it. Knew a guy at the DMV. It's now also street legal, um, and it that one they both draw a crowd. But the, if the other one's a cartoon character, this one is some kind of sleek badass something or other. I don't know what. It yeah. is. It is very very beautiful. I can't imagine now, what it's like to drive on the road. Now the half. I said yes. two and a half Batmobiles. George Barris built uh, a Bat Smart. 
And if you Google that, you Google Bat Smart, you'll see it. And uh, a couple of guys owned it before I did, and then I bought it, and it is just charmingly goofy sweet. It's just tiny little smart car. Oh, yeah, there it is. Wow, that is very silly. <laughs> yeah. What is, your, what is your emotional attachment to Batman? How did that figure so strongly in your life? As I was, when I was a kid, you know, the TV show was on um, uh, and I had the toys. So it's just my first real superhero that I cared about. That you liked. Um, yeah. Did you ever uh, hang with Adam West? Did you ever reach out? As to a matter of fact, when he did a segment with Leno, the I can't remember which Batman movie was coming out. It was the second to the last one, I guess. Um, and Jay was going to show off the new Batmobile. Well, he thought it'd be really funny if Adam West drove up <laughs> in the 66 Batmobile and said, hey, Jay, what are you doing? And they're like, mm -hmm. hey, Adam. And that's exactly what they did. But they needed a 66. So Leno said, can we borrow yours? So the coolest part was I had to deliver the Batmobile to Leno's for Adam West to drive, but I had to sit in Robin's seat and show Adam West how to work all the gizmos on the Batmobile. Wow, what a moment. <laughs> that is yeah. quite a moment. Yeah. My my first writing gig was for Nickelodeon writing uh, a special for Adam West. I had wow. no qualifications to even be working with him. And, you know, they would I would get this meeting two days before with these people. I remember one I did with Weird Al Yankovic, which was funny because he, he had the fake mustache on with the netting. And I was like, why has he got the fake mustache on for the meeting? <laughs> this isn't the gig. Really? Yeah, it was really fun. And he was like, write whatever you want. I'll do it. And I was like, God, that's amazing. Thank you. And I wrote some really weird stuff. Adam, we sat at this little lunch table, like a little 50s lunch table on one of these Nickelodeon nostalgia sets. And he was really upset. And I go, hi, nice to meet you. I'm Spike first. I'm going to write this. He's like, great. And I was like, hey, so what do you think of the new Batman movie coming out with George Clooney? It was with the one with your car, I guess. And he was upset. He couldn't understand why the producers hadn't asked him to be in it. <laughs> right? And, and, and it was a kind of a sad moment, like, that he couldn't understand why this new movie with George Clooney was just going to be different in tone. But I kind of understood. It's like, you know, it would have been nice to put him in a part somewhere in a somewhere, you know, an Easter egg with Adam West because he's such a cool guy and he yeah. impacted so much of us. And when you at the time when you said the word Batman, the words Batman, you thought Adam West, right? Sure. You didn't know yeah. where this Clooney thing was going to go. Yeah. Um, well, you mean, you mean Keaton, I think. Yeah, maybe, maybe is Michael, that the year? Michael Keaton? Yeah, yeah, Michael Keaton was the was the the real second one. Yeah, and when his movies were coming out, everybody was like, "Michael Keaton is Batman." That's not that's well. Be what horrible. Batman would be nineteen eighty six? Is that Keaton? Say again. Nineteen eighty six Batman is what eighty nine. Eighty nine. Yeah, Batman. Just called Batman. Look that was that. the Tim Burton Michael Keaton one. Yeah, there you are. You're right, and that was the very first one. Uh, the first, uh, ish, yeah, yeah, of course there were other, but yeah. Um, but, uh, yeah. And, and, and everybody thought Michael Keaton, that's never going to work. And he killed it. He, he was such it. an, right. and that for that generation, he is the Batman. Yes. Who is your favorite Batman? Oh, I don't know. Cause they're, everything was so different. <laughs> I mean, that was, I'm just I saying mean, now so, you huh? have to pick one Batman that you loved. Oh man. I think, um, 
I think it's got to be Keaton just because I was so impressionable at that, at, you know, at that time. It was the late 80s, early 90s. Wow. And that, you know, in Tim Burton, it was just such a it, it was more dystopian, mm-hmm. not nearly what it was when they got to Christian, but uh, Christian Bale. Uh, I mean, he, he, I don't know. He, I, I love the Tumblr, too. Holy. <laughs> Christian Bale's yeah. my favorite. All right. I want to yeah. I want to talk about what people frequently call a tank, including myself, but is not the Ferret Scout, which is one of the cooler uh, things in your collection. What do you use this thing for? <laughs> Nothing, but my scout. boys keep yelling at me to bring. They, they keep yelling at me to bring it home. And you know the, the Ferret Scout car. If anybody doesn't know, it's not. It looks like a tank, but it's not a tank because it mm-hmm. doesn't have treads. It has tires. Yes. And the guy I bought this from, somehow involved with law enforcement, was also able to get it street legal. Mm-hmm. And this is the only time. You know, there's so many times I've been to Leno's and see one of his cars and go, "I want one like that." But this is the only time that he saw one of mine and went, I want one like that. <clears throat> yeah. So, so Leno actually got, he used mine on an episode and then he went out and bought one. And he, did. Uh, he got a really nice one. Um, mine is a little more uh, of a survivor, I guess you'd call it. <laughs> um, he also has a 50 caliber machine gun with real bullets attached to it. <laughs> well, uh, it, I, he, uh, yeah, it, it has, mine has that in there. But if you look very, very closely, you'll see that there's not really a 50 caliber machine gun. <laughs> <laughs> it's kind of kind of fake, and there's no nothing in the bullets. Now, what about some of these other George Barris cars that you have? I'm looking here at the Calico Surfer. Is that yeah? The Calico Surfer is amazing. That you know, George would sometimes hit it out of the park, and sometimes George, what are you thinking? The the toilet car, probably not one that we want, or the bathtub car, <laughs> no, not one you want. But when you make the Calico Surfer, I mean, that thing is uh, amazing. And I guess it was custom built by the guy who started Surf Magazine in the 60s. And, uh, you know, and Barris was, I call him the P.T. Barnum of, of cars. Um, he was, you know, I mean, such publicity. Uh, his, the descriptions of his cars were amazing. But then once you start getting inside of them, it's like, ah, okay, this is a prop. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. And, and the, the Calico Surfer was the same way, but the guys over at Galpin, uh, at, the, at uh, Galpin Auto Sports, I gave it to them, and they went through the thing and really made it awesome. That's, and it's also- you know, it's interesting because, you know, I'm looking at a picture of it, and I can only imagine what's going on inside and no seat belts and suspension and everything else. Do you do that punch list, or do you? does the Galpin guy go, all right, I, I know what I'm doing with Barris Calico Surfers? Oh, no, you know, it's, it's very much a collaboration. And, again, that was the first thing. Now I have guys, you know, I got a couple of guys that do all the work. Um, right. Uh, but that was before them. But what are the things uh, that no. you do? But th- that's the question. What are the things that you do to these contraptions? Well, the Galpin Auto Sports, when, uh, when they worked on it, you know, I bought this thing. And it had been through a few owners, and they had taken it and just done some horrible, horrible things to it, um, meaning like replace the upholstery. And I said, nope, let's and, – and George uh, and his family uh, were nice enough to open the files to me, and we got all the original photographs, the publicity shots of it, and I said, take it back to this. So the, the guys over there amazingly sourced you know, the shag carpet – um, uh, all those, even the, the hula girl, um, but the best to me was the trophy on the front. That's a guy surfing. Yeah. And that's yeah, the, that's the hood ornament. But what was amazing about that was they were actually able to go and find 
a surfer trophy from the 60s and you know it's from the 60s because the guy's bathing suit is so short (laughs) 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 but um just went back and actually the paint stayed the same uh they didn't have to paint anything but it was mainly the upholstery and just all the all those pinnings inside uh the lamps on the side which were the uh they're 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 literally yard lamps or lamps that would go on the front porch on either side of a door that george got uh, from the hardware store and they were the the side mirror lights you know uh, crazy stuff i was looking at you know this bradley gt you have which is uh, a kit car (laughs) right isn't that the car i would see in comic book magazines that you could build yourself Absolutely. And it was the they, Bradley GT was the most successful kit car in history. In the 70s, the kit cars were big and they sold 6,000 units. How many of those got built? Probably a small percentage of finished building. But um, uh, the reason I love that car is because that's the first thing. You know, I grew up with Hot Wheels. And so that was my mm-hmm. affinity for, for, for cars. My dad didn't care about cars. He thought a car was from go, to go from point A to point B and uh, drive it until the, the, the tires fall off, the wheels fall off of it. And that's exactly what he did. He didn't care what it looked like, didn't care if it was clean, none of that. So I had to grow my own uh, appreciation for vehicles. It started with Hot Wheels, and I got some of the – I have them right behind me. I have two of the first Hot Wheels, and it was the first generation of Hot Wheels um, my mom bought for me at Kmart. I remember yep. that very day when we bought those Hot Wheels. So um, – uh, what were we talking about? <laughs> the, the Bradley GT. Yeah, the Bradley GT. It, so because here's what I, did, did you think? Like I did. Like this is the thing I could probably afford, and I could get a car for not a lot of money. That it, well, I was, I was, I was crazier than that. I was in junior high. I was what, 14 years old. Right. I, f- I found the ad in Popular Mechanics. Mm-hmm. So it wasn't comic books. It was Popular Mechanics and Popular Science. Found the ad, sent off for the the the, the uh, packet of information. <laughs> I actually wrote a letter to the guys and I said, look, I, I don't have the money to build a car, but if you send me a kit free, yes. I will build it and be your local representative in Dallas, Texas, where people come and can come and look at it. Wow, smart. <laughs> that is smart. And how did they respond? That was a big no. So, uh, <laughs> but to me, that was the first time I ever saw a real car that I thought was cool because yeah. you could build it and the, and the lines were unusual and it was, it was you know. I wasn't following the, the 70s, the real cars in the 70s, because my dad didn't. I didn't know anything yeah. about them. It was yeah. Hot Wheels or, or what I saw in Popular Mechanics. And you're so like, now, I can make this work. Yeah, exactly. But now, cut two years later, you know, things are going well, and I've got a few cars in the collection. I turn to one of my buddies, and I said, I've always wanted a Bradley GT. And he goes, you can find those for nothing. And four Bradley GTs later, uh, I finally, you know, had pieced together the perfect one and had it painted it's a beautiful red beautiful thing and then probably the one you're looking at the brown one yep that that popped up on ebay and that that was the one that was in all the ads and the guy that built it built it to look exactly like it was in the ads and i went no we gotta have that so we bought that from an old guy who actually built it single owner one owner and uh, now i have that and here's the only bad part about it we got it and it was great. Leno actually used it in an episode, but they put the, the, the cameras on the top. What are they called? The uh, GoPros? Yeah, the GoPros on it. They used a suction cup. When I got it back, I'm like, what did you guys do? There were suction cup marks all over the car from the GoPros. And I'm like, <laughs> they borrowed my cars many times. I'm like, they've never done anything. I'm like, how could we couldn't buff it out? We couldn't do anything. 
Interesting. So we couldn't we couldn't figure out what happened. No paint guys could get it out. So I'm at the gas station. I'm putting gas in the in the Bradley, and I spill a little gas on it, and it melted. The, the clear coat <laughs> melted. What had happened was this old guy before he sold it had gone through with literally some Michael's clear art art spray paint, and it sprayed the whole thing in rattle can clear. And so when I spilled gasoline on it, it melted it. So now I, 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 I'm like, this this car is covered poorly in some crap. It's rattle can clear. And now what I have to do is I have to find somebody. I'm not going to do it to strip the whole thing and re-clear it. Because what it is, is it's a gel coat finish. And it's that beautiful, horrible, uh, heavy metal flake in the gel coat. You can't duplicate that in paint. You cannot. Yeah. Yes. So I have to keep that finished. <laughs> have to. Wow. Well, you've definitely <laughs> revealed yourself as nuts as all of us, <laughs> Jeff Dunham. <laughs> he's also super funny, everybody. And uh, he's got a new special on Comedy Central, completely unrehearsed, last-minute pandemic holiday special for everybody. No politics. Uh, bring the kids. It's co-viewing. Um, and it's on demand on Comedy Central. Jeff, I look forward to uh, coming by your place. But, you know, listeners don't know this, but you were trying to do this from your hangar full of beautiful cars. Um once we're all safe, uh, you know, why don't we uh, get together and we'll do a little podcast over there so you can tell us about the cars in more detail because it is that'd a be, that'd be awesome. It's a unique collection that really reflects your personality and it's it's wonderful in its own way and uh, it's cool and it's very well, nice thanks, to meet I, you, I, man. I, I appreciate the time and sometimes you'll come do driving some of the some of the legit cars too. There's I want to go uh, the, the Batmobiles top of my list, top of <laughs> my list. That'll work. <laughs> All right, buddy. Uh, thanks, thanks for chatting buddy. with us. My pleasure. Thanks for having me. There it is. You see, you see, Zuckerman. The half was his little. What are the the smart car? He has a smart car Batmobile. Did you hear that part of the interview? No, you didn't. Yes, I did. <laughs> How did you hear it? <laughs> Look at you. What is, what is on that screen? Did you just get bad news? You're I'm looking, just looking at your at phone. Cases. I just got to get business done at the same time. <clears throat> Let's do it. I got to make money. And of course, yeah. Oh boy, look at this. Look at. I'm getting texts myself. I, I I'm somehow have to get a report on how the kids are doing in this one hour of school. Do I really need to get that report right no. now? I'm no. about to and go back there. You don't need to there. know about go for peeing on the carpet. You he don't doesn't need do, to he doesn't do that. He's a great dog. I'd like to hear, but he's getting a groom today. Real, you know, cut his little pee pee hair. <clears throat> I will do that with my manscaper, my good <laughs> friends. And uh, then you'll use it on your face. Did you get your nose trimmer yet? Did they no. give you one? Ferris should right, hook I'll, me up. I'll make sure you get it. It's good. It's really good. It's a solid one. I really like those guys. Um, I want to thank TLG Auto. Yes. You always want to know where to get your car fixed. People people are always saying, hey, I'm in L.A. Who fixes your cars? TLG Auto. There you go. Look them up. TLGauto.com. Um, next week, I don't know what I will bring you. I think I most likely will be bringing you the Bugatti Chiron Drive. Let's do that one next week. Oh, yeah, that's a good one. As we're rolling, and if I can, I will try to roll it over here if the, if he allows. Okay, please. <clears throat> and if not, at the very least, you could walk across the street when they bring it back, and I'll, I'll, how about I have them just show it to you there and drive me around the block? Yeah, we can do that. Okay, why don't you drive it? 
That'll work. Yeah, we'll do that. We can definitely do that. Thank you for the crumbs, Harrison. I appreciate it. <laughs> you know what? They're giving me a crumb, too. <laughs> Two hours is kind of a crummy, but I am uh, happy that I'm getting something, again, that Matt Ferrer has not gotten. So, What about Lieberman? Lieberman can get anything. He's really a superstar when it comes to that stuff. Lieberman. Lieberwitz. Um, all right. That's it, folks. Uh, we'll see you next week on Spikes Car Radio. Thanks for listening to Spikes Car Radio, brought to you by Hangar 56. Listen to new episodes every Wednesday, and be sure to subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your favorite podcasts. So, you've got an idea for a business, the store of your dreams. There's just one thing to figure out, everything. That's why Shopify's all-in-one commerce platform makes it easy to sell online, in person, and everywhere else. Sell on social media, source products with an app to get that first sale feeling. It's the only solution that gives you everything you need to sell everywhere you want. So when you're ready to bring your idea to life, power it up with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash listen. 